Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited to have David Winger on the show today. David is the founder and CEO of Bridge Connector. They're doing some really interesting stuff in the, the, the digital health space, uh, connecting systems, connecting things that have typically been siloed. Um, anyway, I'm not going to steal his thunder. Um, David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for peeling off time to do this. I think uh, the most absolutely. important thing is, you know, who you are, right? Your story. I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, what led you to become the person you are today. You know, take us back and maybe teleport sure. us back to, uh, to, to, to give us a sense of your, your origin. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Bridge Connector launched in January of 2018. Um, I had the idea about eight months prior to that in early 2017. Um, we were doing, I owned a marketing and advertising agency and we were doing some work, a lot of work in the healthcare space. And a lot of those healthcare clients, specifically in the behavioral health space, were going and purchasing, um, Salesforce. And they had no, they were getting about 150 calls a day. They had no way to actually get the data from Salesforce into their electronic medical record software. And to me, that was kind of like baffling, right? And when I heard that, I said, well, we could probably build a connection to that. So I hired some engineers and we went and built an integration on a one-off basis for that customer. It took us about four months to build that actual integration and then testing and all that fun stuff. Um, but once we actually built that integration, it was working extremely well. It was saving about 30 minutes per patient per day. Um, and on a scale of, you know, 100 or 200 patients a month, I kind of clicked in my head and said, well, wow, this is something a lot of healthcare organizations can probably use. You know, we all we have all heard about the problems with interoperability and sending data back and forth and, you know, all those different things. I grew up in the healthcare with a healthcare background. My dad's actually a doctor, um, kind of a businessman slash doctor, owns surgical centers, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, he goes, Dave. You know, I have someone in my office that actually sits there, faxes patient medical records, scans those records on a daily basis. I see about 30,000 patients a year. Um, so on that scale, if you think about how much time could be saved, I said to myself, wow, there's got to be a faster way to be able to build this integration that took us six months. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hired those engineers again on a consulting basis and said, all right, guys, let me see if you can go and build this integration again in days. And can we do it without code so that anybody can do an integration. Um, so we went to work, kind of built a proof of concept. And from there, we, you know, went out, tried to find funding and, you know, failed miserably trying to find that funding um, until we found our current investors who believed in the vision of what we were trying to do. Um, so they put in some money into us. And from there, it's kind of history. At that time, we had five employees. Um, and now we have, we're pushing 90 employees in less than a year and a half. Um, wow. So, and we're really taking a unique approach to this very complex problem. You know, it, integration is typically a, you know, tedious, expensive, um, labor intensive process that can take anywhere from six months to a year, or sometimes less if you're leveraging an existing tool. But I said to myself, let's go target the commercial space of healthcare and solve the business problem of interoperability focusing on how how can we deliver integration so that an office manager or a um salesforce implementation partner or a 
um, regular marketing user can go in and create an integration between system A, system B, potentially system C, D, and E, and so on, um, without code and be able to do it so fast that their time to value is extremely high. And that's kind of the mission of Bridge Connector and that's really changed the way healthcare communicates. And when we say that, we don't just say, you know, let's build integrations, right? We approach right. it from a business first mentality and let's solve that actual business workflow that these healthcare organizations go through. Rather than just connecting the systems, we actually solve that business problem and focus on what is your actual workflow? How does your, your, your staff conduct themselves on a daily basis? And we allow our, our integrations allow them to follow that same process without having to, to factor in, you know, the, the, the manual data side of it or the, you know, data living in a silo piece of it. So that's kind of our um, yeah. background. No, I, I love it, David. Yeah. Um, really appreciate your, your background, right? It, you know, on, on the marketing side, you know, from that entrepreneurial side and, and then, you know, growing up, mm -hmm. you know, from a from medical, medical perspective and then seeing that first client and kind of it's like the it was like the trinity of potential opportunities, right? It sounds like that right. you know, led you to that kind of aha moment. You found your believer investor and then you're sparking and growing from mm -hmm. there. And and uh, so super, right. super big blessing that you're experiencing right now in solving a big problem, you know, in the market. Thank you. Um, I guess what I'd like, love to hear a little bit more, David, is uh, tell me about in this modern, what, whether it's, it's specifically like solving workflow problems, connectivity, you know, breaking down these these data silos and these operation silos with with your solution. Mm -hmm. What has you most fixated about health today? What has you most optimistic? Just fascinated? Um, is there something deeper than the workflows? Is it is it something else? Maybe maybe it has nothing to do with workflows. Maybe it's like a, a, a you know intermittent fasting or something. It, it, it's funny it, sure. when people answer this question. It's sometimes not related to what they're doing. But what what has your captivation yeah. right now? Yeah, you know, I, I would say there's a, there's a couple things. Um, the first is it's more from the business side of healthcare rather than just the clinical side, because I feel as if the business side of it leads, the clinical side will follow, right? right. And patients obviously should be able to have access to their data and all of those different things. But what's really important is the, the doctors and the people that work for doctors need to be focused on taking care of the patient. Right. right, actually treating patients rather than focusing on, oh man, am I? I have to go and scan or fax this patient medical record, or I have to, I have to find a way to get this document from one place to another. There's so many issues with miscommunication in medical records. There, there's so many organizations that have five or six different systems that they use on a daily basis. So imagine having to continue to go into each of those systems and do work in silos in each of those systems. What we're trying to solve is one source of truth for all that information, whether that's the EHR or the CRM aspect of things or whatever platform they want to be their source of truth. We want to let the healthcare organization make that decision themselves. And right. what's unique about our, our platform is, is that we have the ability to meet our customer at their specification. So whether they're using API documents or XMLs or HL7, we don't care. Our platform is able to digest all that information. And what's unique about healthcare today is that the, the providers and the payers, and they want to, they want to be able to um, have all of their systems talk together. It's really just continuing to break down that barrier and, and get more validity, validity into the integration space, space as a whole that can solve this large problem of data living in silos. Mm. And we're really focused on, we're really focused on how can we approach that from a highly repeatable 
situation, right? Focusing on customers that, you know, chances are if someone buys the software, they're going to have more than one customer, right? right? We want to be able to deploy our solution to every person utilizing a certain system, whether it's Salesforce right. or whether it's an EMR or whether it's a um, billing platform, you name it. We want to be able to deploy that to all of their customers so that they can choose exactly which systems they want to connect. Our mm-hmm. end goal is is for someone to be able to log into our system and say they have a Cerner and they have a Salesforce, click on Cerner, click on Salesforce, and automatically the, the, the available fields that are able to be mapped are, are, are there in front of you. And mm-hmm. you don't have to code. You don't have to really do anything. You just click, you use clicks, not code and right. focus on getting this live as fast as possible. Because if the data is transferred between different systems, ultimately you're going to have more accuracy. You're going to have a stream, more streamlined approach to how you actually can treat your patients, which is the number one thing healthcare is, needs to solve is, is being able to focus fully on um, treating of patients because that's right. everything. Right. And what we what we see is all of these really cool technologies coming out. Take a, a Higgy, for example. Higgy has twelve thousand over twelve thousand retail locations of biometric data going through their system through mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Being um, they have over six million scans a year, mm-hmm. um, and those scans are done daily. And there's no way currently we're helping facilitate that data going from Higgy to you know various providers or payers, you name it. But what's, what, what healthcare is really missing is all these new cool technologies come out. There's no easy way for those new technologies to integrate with existing systems that, that these um, providers or payers or healthcare organizations are using. And mm-hmm. what is the true need is those technologies are going to continue to evolve. But the, the companies that are creating those technologies need to be able to focus on their core product, which is what they're selling, right? They're not selling integrations of their core product into others. They need to be able to deploy their solution to the masses without the burden of integration getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, David, I, I love it. And I'm right there with you. And I appreciate that, you know, it's all about, you know, starting at the patient, right? And focusing on the patient and then working backwards from there and really right. figuring out the problems. What's what's pretty fascinating to me in this market, you maybe take the last 50 years is this progression from, you know, you focus on the patient or you focus on the human being, but somehow along the way, you know, when we were in a service-based model and it's, it's a blessing that we're getting more towards a value-based economy, but it seems right. like it, it got distorted from, you know, silo data between the payers and providers. Uh, the data flows being centered from a record basis and focused on the record and capturing things for the hospital, but the, the end user, you know, the end patient or human being is not the benefit of that. Um, and so right. you're, we're stuck between, you know, how should data flow between payers and providers there's the fee-for-value movement. Then there's these kind of like competing but potential symbiotic um, uh, concepts of CRM and EHR, right? That that are that should get mm-hmm. harmonized, right, and updated. Um, but you have legacy players like you know Cerner and Epic that that mm-hmm. you know probably need to stay situated. I guess you know just painting the landscape and considering those different dimensions. You know, how, how do you think about the market and as we move to fee-for-value, like these different dimensions of EHR? versus or plus CRM, you know, and then payer provider flows and how, how you see, you know, the solutions need to come about that, you know, bridge connectors manifesting. So I just love to hear how do you, how you think of that? Uh, think as so much change is happening right now, you know, just love to hear your mindset on market. Yeah. I mean, there's change going on all over the place, right? And there's change going on from the government level all the way down. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, whether it's a unique, uh, specific, you know, interoperability standard, like a fire based standard or, you know, EHR companies being required to provide API documentation or something like that. We're really focused on how can we continue to break down those barriers, right? We are not a, we are not out there to take, to take customers away from EMR companies. No one's trying to do that. What needs to happen is that EHR companies and others like it need to go out there and continue to provide ways to connect different systems, whether that's through a, creating new APIs or utilizing the fire standards that allow for us as bridge connector to be able to connect those disparate systems and then deploy them to their customers. They need to be able to have, they need to be able to choose where their data flows. Mm-hmm. They need That needs to continue to evolve as healthcare changes because the more open it becomes, yeah, security is very important and stuff like that, but, and we're highly focused on it, but what we're ultimate, our ultimate goal is, is to be able to have seamless communication regardless of what the system is. And for, for some not to have an API or some not, not to have a way to connect system A and system B with documentation mm-hmm. is just in this day, in this day and age, in my opinion, inexcusable. Um, and what need, really needs to happen is, is that those need, those technologies need to continue to evolve to allow for interconnectivity without charging the healthcare organization tons of money to be able to have their data flow back and forth. Um, without them saying, oh, we can't support that use case because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. The, the fact is, is that these healthcare organizations want to be able to have the data flow wherever they want it to go because it ultimately streamline their business process and ultimately allow them to treat patients in a better way. And as as technology continues to evolve and as, that, and as more and more people chime in about interoperability as a whole, the market, is, the barriers to entry of the market are going to continue to become easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we, as our, com- as our company continues to scale, we're heavily focused on what are the capabilities of each individualized system? What, when I say capabilities, I mean, what does the API documentation or, or certain documentation allow for from a, a transfer of data perspective? And what mm-hmm. we do, and what's pretty unique is we actually take the APIs and we build full to the spec of the API so that all the features that exist are, are there and, and are there and at the fingertips of our, of our customers. And as those features become more and more and as time progresses and, you know, as, as everybody pr- um, evolves, the, the true way to solve interoperability is to be able to send as me- much information from one system to the other and automate as much as possible from a business workflow perspective. And as that happens, clinical on the clinical side, you know, that's going to continue to increase as well because there's pressure not only from the government, but also from the actual providers saying, we want to be able to send this data from system A to system B. Mm-hmm. We don't care how you do it. Give us access to the data so that we can send it so that we can automate our process mm-hmm. and make things a lot easier. And I really think, I really think over the next 18 to 24 months, that's going to continue to evolve. And you're going to see this barrier or this problem, um, kind of picture a, you know, guy chopping at a a tree, right? Mm -hmm. You have to continue to sharpen that blade and and get better and better. And as, as time continues to progress, there's going to be more and more features available for the ultimate customer to be able to have data transfer. And once that happens, companies like Bridge Connector are going to be able to come in, have fully built libraries of integrations to different systems, hundreds, maybe thousands of different systems. And you're going, and the masses, in the, especially in the commercial space, 
are going to be able to afford integration in healthcare. And ultimately, that's how you that's how you change an industry. And for us, we're really focused on how can we provide an easy solution, not just so that hospitals can have integration, not just so that large pharmaceutical companies or large payers can have integrations, but any size healthcare organization from one doctor all the way to massive conglomerates can have integration and have ease of data transfer. Right. And that is our business model. And that is our approach to how to solving this extremely complicated problem. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's almost kind of like a, a little bit, I, th- I think a little bit of you guys is kind of like, um, I, I, I love companies like Mealsoft and, and uh, Zapier, if this, then that, you know, like sure. connectors, right? Like, and, and those mm-hmm. solutions are point solutions that are more broad, but you guys are, you know, harmonizing this stuff uh, from a healthcare perspective and can apply these uh, uh, like recipes, you know, for one doctor to mm-hmm. many you know, and have it be right. fairly cost effective, clear ROI. And then, you know, just, just the, the sense of uh, clarity that that business owner right. or that, that person can have, you know, after post integration is just tremendous in itself. And it's not getting into the hard right. ROI numbers, but uh, now they, this is, this is, uh, you know, super awesome. The stuff you're working on, the stuff you're growing and the, the, Thank team, you. the culture. Let me ask you about, um, I, I have a, you know, I'd like to take your, your, your thesis on the next 18 months and bridge it out further of like what your vision of health is in the future. But before I ask that question, I guess, um, tell me mm-hmm. a little bit yeah, as a founder and, and you know, I, I know, I know what it's like to be a founder and, and, um, you face a lot of growth opportunity. And you're trying to keep your head straight while you're trying to penetrate a market, solve a big market that sometimes doesn't feels like it doesn't want to be solving itself, right? Um, you're you have to mm-hmm. stay resilient. You have to grow your team. You've got a family. You have to travel. What's one or two things that you do to keep your own engine going so that you stay resilient, healthy, happy in the midst of of growth on an organizational and personal basis? And just kind of always curious to see what what people. Uh, do you know? Do you have a special you know martial art that you do every every day or week? Yeah, sure. my, mindfulness or eat a special sandwich? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's there's two pronged approach to that, right? To that question. Um, as a at, on the business side, as a founder, um, you know what's really been important to me as we've grown this team, you know, is to really focus on the people, mm-hmm. um, the people that you hire into, a, especially a startup, are are taking a risk on on really the founder, right? They're, mm-hmm. Sure, there's an idea, there might be backing and stuff like that. But early on, when you're interviewing people, they're taking a chance on, on, on a vision, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, I've tried to maintain that sense of family um, within our organization as we've grown, you know, from five people to 90 to 200 by the end of next year. Mm-hmm. You know, as we do that, I have really focused on investing in our people and when i say investing i don't mean money i mean in time and building relationships with them and understanding that they're real humans too right mm. and understanding that they, that they have families that they have needs that they have um ambitions of their own um you know so we've introduced things like pitch competitions where where employees can actually pitch ideas to us um we've actually won best places to work in in modern healthcare as well as in locally here in nashville mm. um on the on the business side really focused on um how can we work together to solve problems collectively you know sometimes with larger organizations especially fast growing ones you know silos can happen right product Mm -hmm. can be in a silo or marketing can be in a silo and there's there's cross-organizational communication is everything and we really pride we really pride ourselves on the fact that we have my door is always open right anybody can come to me 
And I hope to maintain that feel as long and as long as this company continues growing at this pace, we won't lose that. Um, so to me, that keeps me sane, right? I have many different things going on on a daily basis and, you know, rightfully so because we're, we're a very fast growing company. But to me, it's, it's letting the people have transparency into the organization and, and understanding the vision of where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And that keeps me sane by let them understanding where we're going. And all on the personal side, you know, I, I, I enjoy golfing a lot. So when I have the chance, um, I try and sneak out you know, on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday morning. I really like to golf. Um, and then obviously spend time with my, my two children and my wife. Um, mm. you know, on, especially on, for a founder, um, it's very draining on the family for, for me to be gone so much or for me to be on the road so much. Um, uh-huh. but, you know, I have a very supportive, um, we'll call it family who yeah. really focuses on how can the time I have with them be as productive as possible, you know, whether right. it's going on the boat with my, with my son or whatever, it's just really focusing on that and, and right. giving them the time they deserve when I'm able to. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I agree with you. You know, people first is, is, is powerful and it sounds like you're expressing that in a really interesting way is growing people, growing, focusing on their purpose and their ambitions first. I mean, just always asking them, you know, and, uh, a lot of leaders I find also, David, right, as I'm sure you've seen as well, some leaders are nervous to ask their people, you know, where, where do you see yourself growing? You know, what, what career do you want? Are we, are we growing you properly? Because they get nervous that they don't have the resources or time to nurture them. And it's, it's almost like a little bit of a, of a dichotomy. But once you start asking, right. it's like the, the requests you get are very kind of simple. And it's just about being listening, being heard, and knowing authentically the leadership is really, truly interested in you know, growing that person in the next level, whether it's a class, whether it's extra time or mm-hmm. they take off early at four o'clock and go, go do that Udemy course or something like that, or, you know, spend some right. time, you know, go, go with this person to the next hospital visit, you know, this implementation we're doing, you know, I know that's not your space, but it sounds like you want to get into the area, you know, and so these little things make a big difference. And in the modern world where, where resources are, you know, you're competing for resources, you know, it's the organizations mm-hmm. like yours that are very purpose driven and people focused um you know that that make the difference i guess um so thanks for sharing that and i guess my truly my last question is definitely um it's the small big question right you know tell us tell me a little bit about your 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 optimistic version your glorious version of health in the future what's this what's this beautiful version of health that you see happening you know in the future and just love to love to love to hear that yeah i mean my ultimate optimistic vision of healthcare. Um, over the next, call it 10 years, is that as technologies continue to evolve, that the the barrier of being able to transmit data between systems is removed completely. Mm-hmm. And by saying that, I don't mean, you know, having certain API documentations. I don't mean, you know, having certain um, laws being placed by the government. I mean, a fully bought in strategy by the entire healthcare industry. And this is you're at, you asked for my dream my, <laughs> is to be able to have the data flow with seamlessly without the need for any type of code or any type of, um, certain level of, um, security from an API standpoint. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I say that, I mean, the documentation is fully open. Data can go from system A to system B to system C fully and utterly seamlessly without barriers being in the way, whether that being fees from an EHR or, or having to um, sign certain BAAs and different contracting 
you know, making it a seamless process from start to finish. So, you know, the minute you meet a healthcare organization, you, you sign a contract, you say, okay, you're going to pay X per month for this integration. You don't have to worry about anything else. That's mm. it. You go on our platform and you can connect the two systems however you want to. And as healthcare continues to evolve, that's going to happen slowly. I don't know how fast it'll happen, but it's something like it's going to come down. And whether that's everybody having to comply to fire standards or whatever, but the ultimate vision is to be able to have any integration go, any data go from any point without any barriers standing in the way. And as that happens, you're going to have full clinical interoperability and you're going to have full business interoperability at the same time. I love it. I love it. Uh, David, yeah, thanks for, for laying that out. I think it's so critical and key. And, you know, it's Absolutely. great that you have that powerful vision because, you know, it all starts with that. You know, you have the vision, you know, you start manifesting the steps it takes to reach there. And it sounds like it sounds like you guys are doing some powerful stuff and really connecting things that weren't Thank connected you. before. And people, you know, had so many objections from different parties on why they can't be connected. But, you know, that's why I'm trying to reframe that question a little bit more of like optimistic version. You know, I have a a philosophy that's better to be optimistic and slightly wrong than pessimistic and blow your blow that goal out of the water right <laughs> um, right and so, that's, how, that's how we're building the company right yeah and that's how we're building the company we're building the help the company with the theory that it's going to continue to evolve and mm -hmm. can we deliver to our customers today absolutely right and customers mm -hmm. have we have many live customers and many live integrations but as it continues to evolve those integrations are going to become more seamless the goal is that people can literally log into a platform and be live with an integration in a day. And as we continue to, as healthcare continues to evolve, that's going to become more and more realistic. Awesome. Awesome. David, this was powerful. And obviously, you know, as you, as you continue grow growth and, and get to the, the, your, your next phase, love to have you back and kind of share what you're seeing. And, you know, probably the stories at the next level are going to be even, even greater than, you know, what you guys have done already. And so it's going to be exciting to see. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you're not too busy to, to come back on our show at that time. So, <laughs> but uh, no, we'll never be too busy. This was fun jamming out with you, David. And then my last, last question, I promise is what's a good way for people to connect <laughs> with you on social media. If you would like that to occur or uh, directly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I'm obviously on LinkedIn. Um, just David Wenger, W E N G E R. Um, and then obviously you can follow bridge connector on Twitter, Instagram, um, or any of those sources, especially uh, LinkedIn. We have a top-notch um, content team, and we love to post content from all of the subject matter subject matter experts we have internally here. We've really focused on, you know, hiring top-level talent with healthcare-specific backgrounds, and you know, we push out a lot of content for people to enjoy. So I think uh, that that's definitely the way to get in touch. Amen, amen, David. This was great. Thank you so much for being awesome. on our show and uh, thank you so much you for bet. your time as well. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate everything. Thank you. Have a great one, David. Much appreciated. You too.